Hi, Jenny. Hi. Hi, Aileen. Hi, Ellie. How are you? I'm super. How are you? Good. How are you, Jenny? I'm awesome. Good. Yeah. I love that answer. Why not? Some people just go, you know, things are as is. Actually, I like doing that at the airport in the hotel, and everybody's like, that wrote, how are you? And they're, they're expecting, fine. And for me to make eye contact, and it just be like, I'm awesome. It stops people in their tracks. And sometimes people will just, they'll just be like, oh, whatever. But other times people will be like, sweet. Hey, I'm awesome, too. And you're like, then you have that moment. You're like, we're awesome. Nice. Yeah. Does that happen? Uh, More often than not. Or... I, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just had the imp- you you just fell into that trap. I did. I was like, yeah, be awesome. Uh, what I say to people in elevators is usually, I like your shoes, and then they either try to disengage and get away from me as fast as possible, or they have a conversation with me about their shoes. I feel like you've told me you like my shoes, and so now I'm feeling like you're not that authentic. I really do like your shoes. How do I know? Describe them right well, now. What so is she wearing? Aileen wears two different types of shoes. They're both the same brand. There's a summer and a winter version. There's Sorrel's, wedges, and she either wears the sandal version or the boot version. Simplicity. I and then it. if there's no shoes. 100% accurate. Yeah. See? I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. Which ones are cute. on? Is it the boot one? It's fall. Yeah. Girl, it's chilly. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. I believe you. Okay. Uh, so are we here actually with Jenny Evans today, or are we here with Frisky Mayhem? You're here with both. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Can you describe um, what Jenny Evans does for a living, and then um, who Frisky Mayhem is and how she's different? Yeah. Okay. So Jenny Evans is a speaker that gets to travel the world who actually loves, loves, loves her job. She is an author. She is obsessed with human performance, both her own and kind of helping other people elevate their performance. And I use performance super loosely, like whether that's being a mom, being your version of an athlete, being a professional human. Mm -hmm. Um, I love learning things that are new and different. I love having kind of a, a growth mindset. I'm a mom, mm-hmm. I'm a wife. Oh, this is funny. I'm an empty nester. Oh. That's a new title. And I was like, mm, that's what old people say. So I'm actually going to give that title to someone else who's maybe a little bit more comfortable with that. Also, I just realized then we're nesters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a full nester. I'm, a, I'm also a full nester. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a, a mid nester. I want to be an eagle. <laughs> Done. Is that your, your alter ego? Eagle. Oh, I just want them to have a nest. It's going to be an eagle. They have insane nests that have things like dog collars in them because they eat people's little dogs. They do? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, d- I didn't know. I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, go on. Okay, so uh, Jenny Evans is also pretty serious. Um, Whereas Frisky Mayhem, she's a ball buster, mm-hmm. but she's a little bit more lighthearted and playful and does not take herself so dang seriously. Okay. So Frisky Mayhem, she gets stuff done. Okay. But she's very playful. And I need to remind myself of that mm-hmm. a lot of times because I'm just, it's not, I feel like I have a pretty good sense of humor and I like to laugh. But like sort of like being obsessed with performance, 
like everything is about achieving and doing results yeah and even like outdoing myself and it's easy to get really caught up and focused in that and sometimes i just need more levity mm-hmm don't take myself so Christy seriously. Brings that to you. She does. Does she it's wear? Her. Does she dress differently? She has a pair of glasses, actually. There's the, the frisky mayhem. Okay. Glasses, and actually, when I visualize her, she has a different hairstyle. Is it than me? It's not those glasses. It's not those glasses. Okay. No, I didn't bring those. Those are my old lady bifocals. I was like, because those don't <laughs> seem like they would be. I'm seeing the line. <laughs> I know. I wear readers, so no judgment there. And actually, I think I just need to step up and replace all my readers with the next level. So right there with you. Been there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we were talking about alter egos um, because we were uh, reflecting on the fact that even Beyonce needs an alter ego. Do you want to do you want to talk about the Beyonce diving board? Beyonce has a oh yeah the diving board. So there's a New York Times. Uh, experiment done several years ago where they put a camera at the end of a really really high dive like one of those crazy like olympic oh, style yeah. scary yeah and they had regular people go up and they, they didn't know they were being recorded and you know you're sort of watching them and of course in our own ways and guessing who's going to go off based on our own assumptions about them and all of this um, and Ellie and I were watching the tape, and it's fascinating over to watch. <laughs> it's over. fascinating because you have the people that won't even get up. You have the people that get up, and that, and then you see these various approaches to that. Once they commit, they're going to go off. Some people like would get off the ladder and then just sprint. Yeah. Because they're just if I'm going to do it, I got to do it now. And some people would teeter on the edge, and some people would go get their friend. And there was all of these different methods that they were clearly using invisibly to go off. Yeah. And right around the same time, we. Um, discovered that Beyonce has an alter ego that she named one of her albums after, Sasha Fierce. And we sort of felt like if Beyonce needs an alter ego, and we're all screwed, <laughs> that we all should, should just go ahead and get an alter ego, because uh, I think she's part of a big part of my own alter ego, Beyonce is. So we don't know whether Beyonce or Sasha go off the diving board. Correct. Mm -hmm. But and I would, know would they go off in different ways too? I think they would go off in different ways. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And, and I think, but if, if I went as Beyonce, I would absolutely go off the diving board. Mm -hmm. If I went as Ellie, probably not. Um, I would probably act like I was going to and then not. Yeah. Um, and then I have to like go halfway down, put on my Beyonce costume, go back up. Yes. Yeah. So the, the diving board um, analogy to self-advocacy, right? How do you um, how do you practice self-advocacy enough to be able to uh, feel like you can do it? Whether that's you know picking your method, choosing an alter ego. The hypothesis we're exploring is that um, true engagement and productivity in the professional environment is built on at least the ability to feel like you can self-advocate. Uh, whether that's because the conditions allow you to self-advocate or because you as a professional human are sort of willing to jump off the diving board. I did mm -hmm. it. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I do find it interesting that, because we all have this inner running dialogue, and a lot of times that dialogue is sort of like that inner saboteur that's always like, are you really sure you should be doing that? What yeah. qualifies you? What do you think you know? Um, 
And I think we just feel like we're the only people that have that sometimes. But if somebody like Beyonce, you gotta think like she is a normal human being that also I'm sure has her moments of doubt. And when you think of everything that she's done in her career, that had to be so full of risk and and doubt. And I just feel like that is part of the human experience. And to say, shame on me if I'm feeling self-doubt or self-criticism but to just notice like that is part of being a human being noticing it but then having tools to say is this serving me and if it's not here are some things that i can do to to definitely change my inner script and my inner dialogue so when we talked um about a week ago you had a few different tools um, that you help people with when you coach them through advocacy and going after what they what they want mm -hmm. or or responding to conditions that are that are happening. Yeah. What do you want to dig into some of those? Yeah. I mean, my approach is definitely when you talk about like, does do your job conditions make it conducive for you to self advocate, or do you yourself have to self advocate? I just definitely come from this line of thinking that it's my responsibility to self-advocate because I'm going to be in all kinds of environments that may or may not be conducive. So like why even rely or hope that the environment that I'm going to be in is conducive of like, I'm just going to have to advocate for myself. Assume hostile environment and be delighted if it's not. <laughs> I don't think I assume hostility Maybe not hostile. Per se. Bring weapons in yeah. all cases. Yeah. Just yeah. Come prepared. But like I just feel like a lot of time like this outcome is totally on me, and so yeah. I'm going to be responsible for creating the outcome that I want. Awesome. Yeah. Do, do you think you learned that? You know, because um, not everyone is wired that way, but everything can be practiced. Yeah. I mean, one of my wife's favorite things to say about me, she's like, "Man, you just want what you want when you want it," and I'm like, "Yeah, pretty much." And once I decide... You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, when I think back, I wasn't necessarily, like, this really tenacious, you know, aggressive, competitive kid. Mm -hmm. I feel like it honestly wasn't until I grew into my adulthood. And this is gonna, actually going to sound really bizarre. Giving birth completely changed how I view myself and what I'm really capable of. It was a moment of just it's being a lot. <laughs> an incredible, like a, a superhuman and what your body can really yeah. do on its own. And marrying that up with my background, which is like, how do you get your, your body to adapt and change based on you actively exposing it to different stimuli? You know, so there's like the external stimuli that we, we put on ourselves for a desired outcome. Mm -hmm. There's that innate, I think, wisdom that we all have. And then there's the environment. And I feel like the environment, that's the crazy factor. So why not control what I can, which is sort of like my own little ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And then it's nice when I'm in an, a bigger ecosystem that's conducive. But mm -hmm. So one of the first conversations that we had was around some of the differences in um, gender approaches to uh, conditions. And I know we had a really good conversation when I introduced the concept of what would a man do in this situation? And you have a great story about this. So I want to, I, if you don't mind sharing that with us, because if you approach, if you just generally are saying that you approach your work, um, like I'm going to go get what I want and do what I want, uh, and then when you're, that can be um, 
that can be really negative for a woman to do in certain situations. So can you tell us the story? Yeah. yeah. All right. So as a speaker, it is a very male dominated industry. And so this organization that I was speaking on behalf of, they had some new content that the the gentleman who had founded this company he just he's a thought leader and so i went and sat in the back of the room in this new keynote that was all around sort of like um, character your personal character and so he's an older white man Mm -hmm. and over time he's just his i'm just going to say his delivery has gotten super crotchety that he literally just stands at the front of the room and he just shuts his eyes and he yells and people eat it up, you know? And so as I'm in the back of the room, I'm taking notes and I'm like, wow, he's just really going for it. And then, you know, I the very next week, I'm supposed to give my version of this keynote. And I realized, you know, like- Cause you were there to study. Yeah. His, his performance. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> which they were always like, oh, we need to throw somebody in the deep end. Jenny, we'll just give it to her, sink or swim. Okay, go for it, girl. Um, So I go back and I kind of create my own version, which was way more gentle. I I wasn't screaming. Oh, he gets away with swearing, too. You can swear on this podcast, by the way. Okay, great. And so I go give the keynote, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. And afterwards, I get feedback that people really didn't like it because they felt like I was scolding them. (laughs) And I was like, wait. He stood up there, yelled with his eyes shut and swore at you. And I was, you know, my positive, optimistic, energizing self. And you guys felt like I was scolding you. And I was like, "Mm, I'm going to call bullshit on this one in that that was completely old white man versus Mm -hmm. female and how that was taken. Yeah. And that... I'm just gonna say, like that pissed me off because I was like, "Wow, that was that was crap." But then there was a part of me that's like, "Okay, I want to do it again. I want to, you know." Did you tweak it a little bit? I did not have an opportunity to go back and do it. And it's not because the client was like, "Do not bring her back in here again." Like that was sort of like the the end of the the run. Okay. But I was like, "Wow, that was just really fascinating because I'm a woman." You just felt like I was shaking my finger at you and... Interesting. Yeah. So uh, how has that changed decisions that you've made since then or uh, mm. or um, approaches that you've taken since then? Has it fortified your approach or <laughs> has it made you adapt? I guess like a bigger picture, here's my just approach in general is that what you see is what you get. Yeah. I show up as me. I'm not going to show up as anything other than that. And I hope you connect with it. I hope you like it. I hope you like me, but not everybody likes everybody. And so I I know I cannot be everybody's cup of tea. Nobody can. So I hope I'm your cup of tea, but if I'm not, oh well. Exactly. I'm like, then you're not my people. You're not my crowd. You're not my audience. But the more I am me and the more authentic and honest and true I am, the more successful I am. It just, it makes you a better communicator, a better speaker, a better listener. Mm -hmm. And people can pick up on 
you know, whether you're being authentic mm-hmm. or you're just being slimy and and salesy. And so I think really what I took away from, you know, I kind of tried to be him and me together is I should have just been 100% me of like, good on you, fella. That's how you choose to present. That's the way you decided to present. That I should have just trusted myself to just be like, okay, forget everything that he just did and do the Jenny Evans version of that. And I've even learned throughout my career of like watching other speakers, you're like, oh, I should really do that. And sometimes it works and other times it's not, but you you really have to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Did you have a chance in that um, scenario to, to name the bias that you saw and, and sort of how important is that, right? Because you, you saw it maybe upon reflection or did you have a chance to sort of coach them? So it was, I had a follow up with the, the salesperson mm-hmm. and um, I asked them, you know, like what kind of feedback did you get? And they were like, well, and I just said, and I knew the salesperson really well. And I was like, wow, that's a bunch of bullshit. <clears throat> and the salesperson okay. who is a man who is yeah. also white, he's like, I know it completely is. Yeah. And I, you know, he was like, let it go. Don't worry about it. You yeah, know, it was like one of those scenarios where we threw you into it. You did the best that you possibly could. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I feel like I've had one major failure in my life, period. Because I know, Eileen, your eyes are like, well, well that's awesome. That's awesome. Because like, I just, it's just us, how was I, what my thought bubble was. <laughs> <laughs> was it that hairstyle that you're wearing? Was it the biggest failure? Um, it happened this morning, right? Yeah. <laughs> because for me, I just feel like everything else is a learning experience. You know, so I don't feel like it's a failure. If I learned something from it, right. yeah. that was a learning experience. That was not a failure. And honestly, that one failure, huge. But probably the biggest learning experience of my life, but I like to just call it my biggest failure. Do we get to know what it is? Oh, yeah, divorce. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I asked about the naming of the bias because, um, you know, you uh, are so clear in your head about knowing who you are and you've sort of lived your way into that knowledge, right? You've got a career experience. But when I think about how what obligation is on each of us to create the conditions for all of us to be able to self-advocate right sometimes i think particularly on this gender issue we do have to be able to name the bias to the folks that are in charge um or at least to each other um and so i'm i'm curious if you have that opportunity to either help other people if you spot someone that is struggling to self-advocate or um you know, your role in creating the conditions for others to do that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have a lot of opportunity in helping individuals. I do individual coaching. And I just think of like just conversations that I have with people. And I just think it just comes up so often when they're talking about maybe a desire or something that they're going for, but this feeling of doubt or, you know, maybe it's, it's not possible. I will say I'm recognizing that I do need to be more um, proactively verbal and more proactively noticing these things when it's happening Mm -hmm. in in an environment or a situation yeah and stopping and calling it out 
And so I feel like that's one of the things I, I do need to work on. Your Hanging series, um, can we talk about that a little bit? Hanging with Jenny? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> is that an example of a, I mean, it's a conversation. It's not one-on-one, -on -one, but yeah, it is, a, it is a moment of influence. Yeah. Um, have you, can you talk a little bit about that series and is that a tool for self-advocacy that? Yeah, so the series was originally designed because I have a, a keynote that's all about how do we better deal with change? Because I feel like I have, the pace of change that's now happening in the business world is crazier than ever. And I even think this like on a personal level too. Mm -hmm. And how do you also get more comfortable with being uncomfortable and being able to better take risk? And so in this keynote, I talk about all these metaphors to doing the flying trapeze. And then in the middle of it, like I rip off my, my this professional thing and there's like, you know, aerial costume and a piece of aerial equipment drops down and, and whatnot. So this whole Hanging with Jenny series is just taking like these little nuggets about risk and, and change. And I mean, I think again, with like talking about like self-advocacy is like, we will think, you know, okay, well, what if I'm going to use my voice? Am I just going to take risk? I'm going to do this right away. We just automatically go to all the terrible possible outcomes but one question I always like to pose is, what is the worst that could really happen? I mean, honestly, stop and ask yourself, what is the worst that could really happen in this situation? What is the likelihood of that happening? Um, and then the other question I like, like I said, I like to learn. And so I went to this Zumanity show in Cirque du Soleil and this guy walked out in these like five inch boot heels, leggings, no top, just ripped to the bejesus. And he yeah. pulls a bull whip out from behind his back and he just goes, whoop, whoop. and I had this physical reaction. I was like, oh my God, I gotta learn how to do that. And so I came home, got on the internet. Um, just so you know, you should be really careful when Googling bull whip, you should be super specific about what you're looking for. Um, yeah. Found an instructor, found a bull. And so many people were like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, because it's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm like, that is the wrong question to be asking. The question is, why not? Right. Why not? Well, I, I have I have the answer to that. Yes. Um, I I um, used to race and train horses and we had a bullwhip and I cracked my cornea with it. Safety so goggles. that's a really good reason yeah. why not to. But oh, yeah, up lucky. until that moment, it was great. Yeah, you're yeah. lucky you still have your eyeball. I am. Well, I'm I just am. assuming that's your eyeball. It is. It might not be. <laughs> this is real. Okay, all right. Shoot. Yeah, this is real. Um, I love the question, what's the worst that could happen? And I, I like to pair it with, what's the best that could happen? <sighs> and I wonder, yeah, yeah and I, I wonder if, the, if the, the whole, like, if we're talking about building a toolkit, if the whole like socket set or whatever, I don't know that much about tools, um, is what's the, what's the worst that could happen, but what's the best that could happen, and, and is it worth my inv investment in addressing it? Because I, yeah. I think there are moments and things that happen that we encounter where the investment of addressing it and putting that energy into it isn't going to return. But if there is something that we can get out of it and get 
move forward in some way or mm-hmm. have something positive come either it's because the other person needs to learn something or because we need to have something a new opportunity be available to us mm-hmm. um i just i think it's it's measuring the roi yeah on taking the time to address an issue that happens do you have a story about that or a, a time where you've had to figure out mm-hmm. whether or not um whether or not to go into it or, or let it go, other than the, the yelling guy? <laughs> Probably like almost any business decision right. that I have to make. Because yeah. I never took a single business course in, in college. And there were so many times like um, I created a, a product and I did as much research as I thought was necessary. Same thing like when I wrote a book, did as much like... I think I know what I need to know in order to do this. And then you start getting into the process. And then as you go through the process, you realize how much you actually don't know. But it's too late. So now you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I'm like, okay, well, I'm already like the, the horse has left the stable. <laughs> I'm in it. I'm in it, you know? And so I'm learning now about things I would have never chosen to learn about before you know and so it's that it sort of sounds like though that the conditions you like to create for yourselves are the ones where you're up to your eyeballs um pretty pretty quickly right like that's your comfort zone i don't do that intentionally i think it's um, or do you oh (laughs) thank you probably i feel like um i'm also very impatient so maybe it's that i just do just enough research to break through that patience barrier. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to start taking action. I'm going to start taking action because that's where all the excitement is. You might be a sensation junkie. I was told this by my yoga teacher. Um, You're a sensation junkie, so you have to push yourself so far into it and you're going to get hurt. So it's okay to be that way, but but you should be self-aware to know that you're you're taking risk, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that... That shows up in exercise. I think you, all, Aileen, are also um, in exercise, but in business. I think it might be. This is like therapy. It's, fasc- <laughs> like, it's fascinating that you immediately learned the bullwhip thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but then in telling your own business development and what has been a very successful business career, you started with, um, I haven't taken any... I didn't take any business classes in college. Like you took a bullwhip class. <laughs> what you know, like you that's sort yeah. of fascinating. The 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 the, um, the mix there, yeah. Yeah, but can I be honest? When it, when I was like, oh, you have such a successful business, it makes me die inside. That makes me so cringy when people say that. What happens? Because people don't see behind the scenes of all the things that that are not happening the the disappointments the desires that aren't being fulfilled and feeling like well where do I find those resources and can I even do this on my own and the comparison that sometimes sneaks in and I know that like there's a rational part of me that's like I have actually been running my own business for 
I'm bad at math, that's why I didn't go into finance, uh, <laughs> since college, and I'm 46. So, like, somebody was like, I think you could actually call yourself a success that your business has gone for that long. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm one of those people where I'm like, I always want to be raising the bar. So it's easy for me to be focusing on all the hurdles that I have not jumped yet. And I'm not very good at turning around and looking at all the hurdles. You know who needs a promo to CEO is Frisky. Frisky were the CEO, she might not. This is so true. Be so full of disappointment. This is so true. She'd be so sassy about it. But we've talked about, um, I don't know if he would name it that way, but we've talked about imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. around the edges of that. Yeah. Um, And if we sort of go back to the gender topic, I, I... I, I hypothesize that women are a little more um, quicker to fall into that trap than men. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting, even the example you gave of your own finding your own empowerment with giving birth. So like across the gender set, we all maybe have this like incredible advantage <laughs> um, yeah. that men don't, you know, biologically uh, can't achieve. Yeah. Um, as a moment of empowerment, but then we all also at the same time sort of um, fall into that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Do you have any tools in the toolkit you use when you spot yourself in that mindset to get yourself out? Um, you've talked a little bit about growth mindset, but yeah. Specific well, tools? actually, can I share a tool that I think like I found that just works really well with a lot of people that I work with, which is I kind of take them through this visualization exercise. Like, okay, you're going to be in this time machine. You know, you're inside the capsule. Look around. All right, you notice that the destination is set for 20 years from today. And all of a sudden, you know, you hear some some beeps, the door slides open, and you're in nature, wherever that might be for you. And you kind of walk down this path and you spot a house where your future self lives 20 years from now. So like, look at that house, what is it like? And you're gonna walk up to the door you're going to knock and your future self is going to answer the door. And as the door opens, I want you to notice, just look, look at your future self. What do you look like? What are you wearing? What's the energy that the future you is giving off? Like nobody envisions like, I lost everything and I'm really haggard looking (laughs) and I'm so stressed out and unhappy of like, you're, Visualizing this very like centered, calm, got it together, wise woman. And then I say, okay, now this future you, I call your inner mentor, is now you're going to sit down and you guys are going to have a conversation. And these are some questions I want you to ask this future version of yourself. So anything from like, what's your job? What do you love about your job? Mm -hmm. What do I need to know to get from where I am now to where you are? Um, What's been the most important thing about the past 20 years? You know, and even things like think about a, a challenge that you're currently dealing with now and ask your future self, what should I do? Your, first, your future self is just going to be like, oh my gosh, you know what, in the big picture, it's not that big of a deal. Or you should just say, screw it. Or, you know, what does your heart tell you to do? 
And then, you know, I kind of guide them through this, this conversation. And then, you know, we just, we just kind of wrap it up, but then start talking about, okay, this inner mentor, it's with you at all times and you can access it anytime, anywhere. So when you're in a scenario where you start feeling doubt or should I go for it of like, how would my inner mentor handle this right now? And so I kind of call it like, if you're, you're feeling definitely like I am it, what does your inner mentor tell you to do? What does your inner mentor yeah. say? And then to even take it a step further to say, okay, what does your inner mentor do to relax and refocus and center? What does your inner mentor eat for breakfast? What are your inner, what is your inner mentor like to wear? And even to start behaving like that future version of yourself, that it is really like this, um, I feel like we're all moving like so fast and there's so much chaos and so many decisions to be made and we're overwhelmed and what should we do? And oh my God, then the stress and the fear and then, gah. but just to just be like, okay, how would my inner mentor handle this situation? Like your inner mentor, again, like I said, like she's organized, she's got it together, she's prioritized, she does not get bogged down by the smallness of the BS of, yeah. of day-to-day life. Um, and like, what's her name? And then I have you visualize your inner critic. What does she look like? She's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> what does she act She's like? She's there all the time. Like, what's her body language? I'm so deep into this visualization. <laughs> <laughs> and what's her name? You know, and like recognizing, um, okay, like, when you're experiencing discomfort of some sort to just be like, who is this right now? That's probably my inner critic is saying a lot and to have give a name to that inner critic, just like shrinks this inner critic down to this ridiculous caricature where you're like, why would anybody ever like this person is like, so extremely, um, not petty. rational. Yeah. yeah. And petty and, um, you know, Negative. and so we kind of talk about alter egos. Like, I think we have yeah. all these alter egos that live inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I want to say with, like, this inner mentor, I do need to give credit. It's, like, an amalgamation of a tool from Coach Training Institute and Tara Moore's book. But, you know, to just consult our future self mm-hmm. who is just, this is going to sound like the future self did not sweat the small stuff, you know? Yeah. It's such a great model and it kind of blends the alter ego as an empowerment tool Mm -hmm. with, um, have you heard the parable about the, it's a native American parable about the two wolves. Um, there's a, an old parable that there's two wolves in all of our hearts and the son, the grandson asks the grandfather, well, you know, and he says the two wolves are in a great war with each other. And then the, which one wins the only one you feed. Yeah. is the wolf oh, that yeah. wins that yeah. parable as you yeah. were talking i was like if we could if we could all each tap into that dear future self tell me it's going to be okay mm-hmm. the dear future self is probably also a little bit of a cheerleader oh my gosh and, like honestly the best mentor you could probably yeah. ever have because i mean it's great if we actually do have physical mentors especially mm-hmm. if they're women mentors that yeah. can help us but not everybody has a mentor relationship or maybe you do but you know you're trying to get a hold of your mentor and they're not available but you just know like you carry this i'm here it's it's 
<laughs> exactly. I'm in here. It's yeah. always there. Uh, so we're going to ask a few lightning round questions. You have 20 seconds or less to answer each of these questions. You can use any of your personalities to answer okay, them. Good. Probably don't use the critic one. Okay. Because you might not. Well, Actually, let's meet her. Let's meet her here. <laughs> you can use whichever inner critic mentor, okay. Beyonce, that you want. Yeah. But you have to answer fast. Right. Okay. Uh, you're, well, you have to pretend like you work somewhere at a company with other people. Okay. Burger King. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're asked to take on more responsibility with no title or compensation change. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, if I know that it has the opportunity for me to learn and grow, but I'm also, I am going to bring that back up later on. Okay. Like, I'm just not going to do it and then be silent about it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it really well and then say, and because I did this really well, here's what we're going to do now. Or okay. Here's what I want now. Got it. Closer. Okay. Uh, you're asked to work extra hours to mentor a peer who isn't performing well. Is the peer open to being mentored? <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't say that on my sheet. <laughs> Okay. No, I like um, helping people like dig into, you know, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, you can so totally do this. How do we tap into like what is holding you back mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I think ultimately so much of our behavior is driven either by fear or by love. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of times it boils down to just fear. So like, let's get down to like, let's dig what's in. the underlying fear here? And what's the likelihood of it actually happening? Yeah. Okay. One more. You're fine. You find out you're getting paid way less than somebody newer who has less experience. Been there. Yeah. What did you do? Oh, I was verbal about it. Okay. Um, and then even though, and then I had proof for a year that I did so much more than this per person previous to me and I brought it up and they're like, well, yeah, okay. But that's just, that's just not in the budget anymore. Oh, well, bye. Mm, well, I was kind of dumb and I, I stayed. Okay. Um, but it, were you resentful or what? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That was not, that was not good. I don't ever want to be in that. How would you situation. do it differently now? I mean, that's a really great question because I did actually go in with this proposal and I, I mean, I made a proposal of these are all the initiatives that I've done in the past year. And I know what you were paying the person because I, they left a file in the file cabinet. So I knew how much they made. And when I brought it up, they were just like, you know, they're, you know, that was way out of alignment what this person was getting paid because somebody up above just sort of like waved their magic wand but it has to be more in alignment mm -hmm. and um yeah no it did leave a little bitter yeah. bitter taste mm -hmm. in my mouth okay for sure well i feel like we're all best friends now this was great. I thought we already were. Oh. <laughs> Oops. We all of us. We've got a few other folks. Frisky. <laughs> yeah. We were going to play the game, though. Do we have time okay, to play so the game? Okay, so what are your the alter formula? egos' names? Yeah. Well, I can't think of... 
I can't think of it. The formula we were using was uh, an adjective commonly used to describe you plus your favorite pet's name. And I'm just com not coming up with anything magical for myself. We're, we're not um, committed to the formula yet, but... Yeah. How did you get yours? If you um, actually, it was one that somebody else gave me oh. and proposed to me. But if you want to use like that formula, like a word that somebody would use to describe you, yeah. and then your favorite pet, I mean, I think my, my alter ego would be um, Sassy Macker. <laughs> That's decent. <laughs> That's decent. That's that is good. I like if Frisky's busy. Yeah, then it's sassy. Sassy math, you know. Yeah, sassy macker. <laughs> Maybe sassy is Frisky's right hand. <laughs> Gal. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, sassy Frisky Jenny, uh, it was great talking with you. Thanks for coming in and joining us. A pleasure, honestly. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, and we're out. Thanks for listening to the Professional Humans Podcast. We'd love it if you'd follow us on Twitter at ProHumans. You can always reach us at our website, www.prohumans.com. And we'll post show notes and links for each episode there, and you can listen to our past episodes. If you like the podcast, subscribe to it and get future episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we'd love to get your ideas and feedback. So drop us a note at prohumanspodcast at gmail or talk to us on Twitter. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you next time.